BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, and this is the China Sports Insider Podcast. My name is Haig Balian, and I am with Mark Dreyer. And for the very first time, we are live streaming on YouTube. And Mark, I am scared. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm excited. This should this will be fun. This will be fun. I'm uh, uh, for for people who have tuned in. Um, I'm uh, it's it's not quite World Cup uh, you know uh, season yet, but I'm wearing the England shirt as you can see. So kind of I guess getting into a very very early mood. Um, actually, just a little bit sweaty. Just came from a, from a game of tennis. Oh. Here in Taiwan, and oh. things things are a little bit different here. Hi, probably not what oh. you're used to because I know you play probably more tennis than I do. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was a little bit unusual today. What was unusual? What happened? Okay, so basically, there's four clay courts that that, that we went to, and um, it, it they are packed. Okay, well they're packed kind of in the late afternoon evening because it's a little bit hot during the day. But basically. You got four people on a court, but you're not. You don't book with four people. They just pair you up with with anyone, and usually you come in a in a pair. And so you basically play singles on your half of the court. And so okay. it's a little bit unusual. You got thirty minutes, so it's like it's it's hot and quick. So basically, you know. And I, let me tell let me tell you one look at the uh, the pair next to us. They were uh, probably twice our age. Mm. And probably twice as good as well. It was, yeah. uh, <laughs> it was, it was frightening how consistent they were. While we were, uh, you know, just <laughs> struggling to, to keep the ball in our side of the court. You know, Mark, I did play. I played tennis yesterday as well. We played doubles. My wife and I played doubles with with a, with an older pair. We've been playing for a long, long time. Wily veterans are, like, yeah. you know, really the trickiest opponents to have because you think you can win because you're younger. I mean, this is just hubris. This is absolutely <laughs> the wrong way to, uh, to, to to approach a tennis match. And they, they kicked her ass, Mark. Uh, the first set was 6-0. They spanked us. The second Ouch. we the Ouch. second set we 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 took a game which was very very yeah. good and then uh, and the third no, and no the, one likes no one likes a bagel <laughs> uh, no nobody likes a bagel I was like I was trying to keep my emotions in check but um, yeah. you know it's 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 hard it's really really okay. hard yeah. so you are you are still in Taiwan and I am still uh, in Vermont and uh, you know coming back hopefully next month uh, still sort of seeing and reading everything about like all the different experiences of people going back to Beijing not filling me with a lot of optimism <laughs> and hope but we'll see what goes, yeah, what happens i'll be i'll be uh, i'll be perfectly honest i'm not 
I'm not dreading it. Um, I've done at this point, I think I told you last week, I've done nine and a half weeks of quarantine yeah. um, thus far during the pandemic, which people weren't listening in the West is they're probably thinking, you know, are you completely insane? Well, possibly, uh, um, you know, so it's a lot, so it's a lot it, of time. Yeah. You know, I'm used to it, but I'm actually flying straight into Beijing this time um, because I don't want to get stuck. I think there's a higher risk of getting stuck in another city, particularly uh, just ahead of the, uh, the the big party congress, which is when exactly. I'll be going in. Um, and But quarantine in Beijing is not going to be as pleasant, at least according to the odds and according to the report. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a bit of a toss-up. Do you get stuck for extra days somewhere else or do you just, you know... Anyway, that's what it is. I, I wouldn't say I have PTSD, but I'm just kind of like, uh, yeah, it's, it is it is painful when you just see the rest of the world has has just waved this thing goodbye. You know, the WHO is saying we see an end to this now. I mean, China I is, that. yeah, I don't know. There's I no end there. I saw that, you know, and as I said last week, I, I'm in Vermont and and here it doesn't, it, 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 it feels like the pandemic is something that happened, you know, a long time ago. No, nobody really wears a mask. Sometimes they do. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's life is sort of back to normal, you know, for better or for worse. I'm not, you know, sort of like putting any judgment on that. I'm just saying it's just, it doesn't seem like it's a reality here anymore. And it's just so surreal to think about what is happening right now back, back home in Beijing, uh, where, you know, we're, we'll both be uh, just about a month from now. But let's 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 talk about sport and let's talk about sport in China. And there is some actual news this week, which is kind of awesome. We're, we're looking at, <laughs> we're looking at a couple of stories today. Um, Chengdu goes ahead with the World Team Table Tennis Championships. The IOC releases its human rights strategy six months after the Beijing Olympics, and uh, the Russian doping agencies say they're coming to a conclusion on the Camilla Valieva doping case. But let, let's talk about Chengdu first. Um, just to be clear, Chengdu is in lockdown right now, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, there was a headline I saw just a couple of days ago saying it was easing the lockdown, but uh, wasn't wasn't coming out of lockdown. It's still very much in lockdown. Uh, you know, and, and like, look, we hope that it's not going to be lengthy, but but History tells us in China, these lockdowns are not quick in any stretch. You know, there was Wuhan, the original one, that was 70 odd days. You know, Shanghai was two plus months for a bunch of people. Then there were stories, there were cities all over the north of China that basically didn't get any international coverage or, or certainly domestic coverage. You know, I, I had a, a friend who's, she's actually a sports reporter for one of the local TV stations up there. You know, she was locked in her apartment for, I think, going on for three months. It was just absolutely insane. And then it was, you know, they were out for a bit and then they were back in again. You know, so so the lockdowns that you hear about, and then there's the lockdowns you don't hear about as well. Anyway, Chengdu yeah. we have heard about, <laughs> yeah, uh, still yeah. very much going on. But yes, the end of the month, in fact, September 30th is when the, the table tennis team world championships take place there. They start there and they go on for about 10 days or so. And I was sort of, when I first heard that, that um, you know, I had someone message me and said, hey, by the way, did you know this is still going on? I thought, well, that, that's not going to happen. And then, and then he was right. He was absolutely right. I looked into it and, and it is going on. And I thought, well, it's table tennis. You know, um, it's a bit cliche to say it, but it's basically a Chinese national championship. Um, but without other countries, of course, it's a bit meaningless. So they have to get other people in. So how are they going to do it in Chengdu under lockdown? Well, wouldn't you know it, they're going to try to recreate the Olympic bubble. That basically worked from a COVID perspective 
from a COVID perspective, it worked very successfully in Beijing. Now, from a spectator, from everything else uh, point of view, it was, you know, disastrous, perhaps a little bit too strong. But it wasn't enjoyable for anyone. Uh, it wasn't enjoyable for athletes. There were no spectators apart from, you know, a handful of people. Uh, you know, the TV was 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 okay, but there was no kind of real atmosphere, and you and you could get a sense of that. So um, how can I, Mark, Mark? How big is this tournament? Like, how many athletes are we talking about? How many countries are going to be represented here? So there's 66 teams coming in across the the mm. men's and women's. It's That's actually big. pretty big. It is a lot bigger than I thought. You know, as as you would expect, uh, China are the hot favorites in both men's and women's competition. I think I saw that. The men have won the last nine in a row and the women the last five in a row or possibly the other way around. So that perhaps gives you an indication of why they're so keen to get this tournament, uh, get this tournament played. Um, you know, because if they can just lock it down for, you know, a week or 10 days, China can uh, continue its golden streak uh, and uh, and then we can go on to go on to with with wherever the next one is. So, yeah. It's, uh, I think that absolutely has to be a factor, the fact that China has, you know, locked on uh, odds-on certainty for, for gold in both competitions. Uh, but it's, it's not a small undertaking to, uh, with the China precautions for COVID-0, uh, having this kind of closed loop is, is, uh, is no small undertaking. I mean, I'd love to know what athletes from outside of China are, 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 you know, how they're preparing for this, how they're thinking about this, because this is a completely different world that they're going to be jumping into that, 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 that they're used to, um, as far as I can tell. Well, yeah, and that's right. And we talked about this um, a lot over the Olympics, but, but, you know, the mental preparation is, 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 is key. You know, they're going to be training, eating, going straight back to their hotel rooms and spending hours and hours and hours uh, in a very, very small space. Now, the Chinese athletes will probably be more used to it. It won't be easy for them. Um, but, you know, that that's just something they'll be aware of. This, this, is, this is not news to anyone, but it's not um, it's it's far from um, it's you know, it's it's not what they want to be doing. You know, and I guess sure. from the yeah, I guess from the Chinese point of view as well. I mean, they, they just had this experience of really holding the biggest one of the biggest tournaments, sporting tournaments you could possibly have. So I, I, I would hope you can bring some lessons learned. Yeah, I mean, the, the other thing that I was just thinking of in terms of, you know, the, 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 the logistics and the decision-making that goes into this, you know, China has had a number of tournaments, as, as we kind of, you know, joked, I guess, dark humor at this point. You know, yeah. uh, yet another competition gets canceled um, for, from, from China. Being the sport of table tennis, China being so historically dominant, you know, it obviously holds a huge amount of sway in the in the the national you know the the world governing body the 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 I double um, uh, and so you know that would be one of the reasons I'm sure why they're able to go ahead with this tournament. We see in a lot of sports that other federations are putting pressure on China with the Asian Games, for example, next summer's Asian Games in in football uh, was withdrawn from China. You know whether China handed it back, whether it was stripped from China, you know maybe somewhere in the middle. But I think that's why they had a lot more sway to say, look, we want to get this done. We don't want to have to hand it back. And the other countries probably have less pull when it comes to table tennis to say, you know what? We don't agree with this whole quarantine and closed loop yeah. stuff um, <laughs> yeah, in the exactly. way that they can in other country, in, in other sports. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. So, yeah. So that's one of the reasons. I mean, look, from our point of view, it's good that something is happening in China. Like, so I, I you know, I, I'm not against it by any stretch. But I was um, going to ask you. Yeah, I OK, good. Okay. But I think those those are those are some of the considerations behind the scenes that would have gone into gone into what we're seeing, what we're about to see in Chengdu under lockdown two weeks from now. 
it just seems, I don't know, that just seems crazy to me. Like when you're asking everybody to stay in their homes, basically, I mean, and then to have this, 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 I don't know, big sporting yeah. competition at the yeah, same time. Yeah, it'll be, I mean, if the lockdown is still pretty, is still pretty strict in Chengdu, you have to wonder what the people of Chengdu are thinking. You know, why are we putting our efforts into, into, into putting this on, you know, there's other priorities, but you know, wait and well, see. We, but yeah, we, a, we, we talked we, earlier, like, like, we'll definitely try and try and get one of the competitors on the show. It'd be fantastic totally. to kind of find out what it's like inside the Chengdu bubble. And we need a Chengdu correspondent as well for the China Sports <laughs> Insider podcast to tell us, you know, from you know, we won't need an on the ground report here. What what are people thinking? Who are, what, what out of, are they out of the window? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. We <laughs> we do have our Shanghai sort of correspondents in a way. All right, so that's definitely something to look out for at the end of this month. Okay, let's. Speaking of the Olympics, way way, way back. Let's go back to February twenty twenty two. Uh, the Winter Olympics are in full swing. Uh, lines were around the block for Bing Duan Duan merch. You had the wrong vaccines, so you couldn't get tickets to any events. And a Russian figure skater named Karina Valieva completely upended the games when the Russian Olympic team revealed she'd failed a drug test two months earlier. Uh, this was after... She'd helped the Russian team win the, the gold in the team events, but before her individual events. Now the Russian doping agency Rusada said that they've investigated and they're about to reveal what happened. So what what is it that they're investigating? I, I mean, honestly, who really knows at this point? It, it like an internal investigation that they kind of feel forced to do. This this is they have to do their own investigation into what happened before. The world governing body and, and and everyone else can get involved. So that's okay. why we're in this farcical okay. situation. Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay. I, didn't... I don't think there are too many people outside of Russia who are going to um, necessarily think that whatever the Russians come up with is is hugely credible. Although, you know, um, having said that, I should catch myself. Um, you know, that's that's perhaps more of a Western view, given given that that China and Russia these days are are ever more aligned. You know, we went from we went from a from a no limits partnership just before the Olympics. Uh, of course, it was, I think it was February 4th when they met in Beijing. That's right. Uh, yeah. And I was, I was reading today that now it's, they're being called a tandem. I'm not quite sure if that's closer or, or, or further apart than No Limits. But anyway, it seems like they're still very close. But the reason we're talking about this is because this was, without question, one of the very, very top storylines of the Olympics, uh, certainly globally. I mean, I was doing some some sort of phone-ins for, for, for various people around the world. And, and but there was there was a period of about five six seven days where this was all they wanted to talk about. What is the you know what is the latest? What's going on? You know what does this mean for the Americans? You know can the other people get their medals? And 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 so we still don't know. We still don't have clarity on who's actually won this competition. You know <laughs> you know what? How does it take so long? Um, six months. Yeah, it, it's obviously yeah. been dragged out. Um, but uh, yeah. So that's what I was wondering. Like, after, yeah, whatever happens with this report, does that mean that the Americans and the Japanese, who came in second and third place in that in that team event, does that mean that at least they will get their medals now? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think they'll they'll have they'll have moved on. They'll be over it at this point. Uh, you know, there but they was, don't have their there medals. There was talk at the time of of. Um, you know, trying to be resolved by the end of the games, so this could, so they could at least have a medal ceremony. 
Um, you know, I remember working uh, with 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 some of the people on the IOC during the games, and, it, and in terms of the medals, the medal tables, you know, there was discussion about whether to include this competition or not. Um, at least, would you include the 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 uh, provisional silver and bronze from the other two teams, if not the Russian ones? You know, and 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 you know, this has this has uh, ramifications in terms of you know where people are, where countries are overall in the medal table, particularly when it comes to gold. So you know. Here we are in mid-September, and again, it's just that there's going to be uh, we're close to a resolution, right? Yeah. I think that's yeah. what they're saying. Yeah. So, so whether whether that means another couple of months, <laughs> another couple of months. Anyway, it was painful. It was painful then. Yeah. It's continuing yeah. to be painful. Um, what I think is interesting is that this barely caused a ripple. You know, I I didn't see this headline until I was sort of looking for stuff um, earlier. Um, for the show, you know, so, so again, it was a huge story, um, at the time, but I think, you know, other global events have, have, have long, <laughs> long since is, surpassed is, it. Is, is there another anyway. global event with Russia at the center of it? I, I can't even imagine, you know, one of the things that we're going to have to talk about, yeah, I can't think of it either. One of the things that we're going to have to talk about it at some point as well is the, the number of foreigners who are still in Russia with, you know, playing in foreign, foreign leagues, specifically, uh, in the KHL. Kunlun Red Star is in full swing. Their their season is in full swing with yep. several Canadians and Americans. That's something we can talk about at another time. For the record, I just want to say as well, like uh, Valieva, she says that she was somehow exposed to her grandfather's heart medication and that explained her positive test. So maybe that's part of the investigation by Rusada. Yeah, I mean that that was the that was the, that was the line at the time that no one really bought. But um mm. you you mentioned Cullen Red Star. I just wanted to uh to 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 have a big shout out to former guest on the show Rachel Lannes who was uh, awesome. a, 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 an integral part of the team China hockey team as well as their strength and conditioning coach and she's actually from uh, she grew up in San Jose. She's just been appointed the head strength and conditioning coach for the uh, the San Jose Sharks AHL team, the uh, the San Jose Barracuda. So huge appointment for her. That's uh, fantastic. And you know, we spoke to her for probably more than an hour. And I would say you might have a better memory of this. I think it was probably forty minutes of her just just riffing on about like the nuts and bolts of strength and conditioning. It was like it was detailed stuff we didn't put it all out but we had a very good chat and wow is she ever passionate i mean she is perfect for this job or, or anything like it i mean I'm, I'm just so happy that she's got this uh you know a pretty good position uh and hopefully she can uh, continue to move on up in the organization absolutely she was amazing i, I congratulations to her and I, i'm just i'm so psyched for her and actually we spoke to her she was in the was she in the beijing bubble or were they in Shenzhen at the time they were certainly in quarantine i think she was in quarantine. I don't think she was in Beijing just yet. There's uh, there's some other stories I'm thinking that, that she was promising to tell at some later stage. So maybe when she gets settled in her new job, we can have uh, <laughs> to come on again. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. There was like, definitely some, some, there were some stories <laughs> that gonna, we couldn't Not going to say anymore at this stage. Yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> so maybe, maybe in the future. All right, but let's let's move on to another IOC story, Mark, because this, this is also really interesting. First of all, what even is the IOC human rights strategy. What, what does that mean? What, what, why is it even there? What Look, I'm going to have to answer this in, in fairly broad terms. But, you know, the Olympic Charter has, has a whole bunch of things and talks about, you know, uh, the principles and the ethics and, and, and Olympism, you know, all these sorts of terms, um, of which human rights is, is part of it. And this was kind of a big thing in the build-up to the Beijing Games, 
when there was a lot of focus um, I've, in the, in foreign media on on the the happenings in Xinjiang and how this was you know this meant that that the according to some people that, that Beijing should be stripped of the games it wasn't compatible as it's uh, uh, you know as an Olympic host with the Olympic Charter and the human rights promises and all that sort of stuff with the uh, alleged human rights abuses that were going on in 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 Xinjiang and so you know we'll get to get to that other report in a minute because I think the timing while probably coincidental is 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 certainly significant i think uh with with the 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 un human rights reports on 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 xinjiang um you know this is something that if i'm being if i'm being honest you know i i think the ioc has lost a certain amount of credibility when it comes to these sorts of topics um they've long been seen as uh putting profits over over other priorities um, they kind of talk a big game, and the history is there to sort of show that 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 this is meaningful. Um, but I think whether or not they do mean it, they do believe it. I think that they're struggling in credibility right now. And I and we talked about this in Beijing. You know, the I think with the whole with the whole you know Thomas Bach and and Peng Shui and and those sort of sort of stage meetings. Uh, you know, there were there were there were pretty reasonable accusations of, of, of sport washing and, and all that sort of stuff, you know, using sports to, 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 to sweep some unpleasant stuff under the, under the carpet. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's a longer conversation for sure. But I think, I think there is some credibility missing. And I, and I think the IOC were basically like, let's just get, get Beijing done, get out of here and then go on to nice, safe sporting venues like Paris and LA and Brisbane, where people exactly. want us, where everyone wants yeah. us to go. But Meanwhile, you know, here in the last are, ten years, in the last ten years, this is when they had you know their their really controversial uh, locations, right? Like, and, and they they just don't have that right now. So I saw that Saudi Arabia wants to hold an Olympics. Yeah, I mean, um, presumably they're going for the summer games, not the winter ones. But I would imagine. <laughs> I don't know. But, but, I don't know. Honest, honestly, like, honestly, they yeah. could probably build it. They could probably build an indoor some indoor slopes. Um, look. You know, a couple of years ago, we would have said this absolute madness. Um, mm-hmm. But but what sporting event is is not going to Saudi Arabia these days? There's been mm-hmm. huge, you know, uh, boxing fights and 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 uh, and martial arts. Uh, of course, the golf thing that we've already talked about in previous weeks. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like, uh, yeah. It look, it's it's um, it's very sensitive. I think right now, but I could definitely see it. I could definitely sit down the line. Um, you know, we're talking 20, 2030, I think it was, was the, dis- no, I got even that wrong. 30, no, it's going to be 34, so, sorry. I think. Well, it must be, sorry, it must be 36 because, uh, who knows at this point, it's a long way off because you're we've right, already got Brisbane course. in yeah, 32 you're right, you're right. and Paris 24 and, and LA 28. So we're talking you're a right. long way off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was getting my numbers off with, with thinking, I think I saw 2030, which of course would have been a winter one. And um, yeah. Despite my joke earlier, I'm pretty sure that's not happening in, in no way. In the end. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. um, that's you know, there's going to be years before those decisions are made. But look, if if the world becomes effectively socialized and normalized to Saudi Arabia and sport, you know, Newcastle United, it was like 20 minutes of other other teams saying, "Well, this is ridiculous," and now they've even they've they've got this. I don't know if you've seen this high. I mean. Honestly, it's just like, it's literally just sticking two fingers up. 
or, or one finger, depending on where you're from. But yeah. like the, the the one of the change strips for Newcastle United is basically the Saudi strip. It's the white and green. No, you know, Newcastle really? play in their famous black and white stripes, oh. and they've mm. got a Saudi Arabia style strip. You know, mm. out, other other fans were outraged for like I said, twenty minutes, and and of course Newcastle fans were like, well, as long as they buy us some good players, we're on board. You know, the golfers are clearly on board with it. The ones who are one who have signed up for the Live Tour, so. Again, five, ten years from now, when when we're totally normalized to Saudi Arabia money, is it going to be a big deal if the Olympics go there? Probably not. Um, and that is a shame. It's a massive shame. But I think, you know, I'm, I, I'm sort of just looking at the trends rather rather than anything else. And, and I, I think that's probably where we're going. Quick tangent. Um, yeah. I just reminded myself. I wanted to. I wanted to ask your opinion on something because I mentioned okay. Newcastle and the Premier League and the Chelsea manager, the American uh, uh, new manager. Uh, sorry, owner of Chelsea, Todd Bowley, yeah. um, has proposed or at least made reference to at a conference in the US having an All Star game, mm. and certainly the the British the British press have been absolutely up in arms. Um, and I've got some thoughts really? on this. But first of okay, all, what, what, what do you think? I think the World Cup is basically an All Star game. Anyway, like we already have that. We already have the All-Star game. It's every four years. It's extremely special. I mean, you could you could do it. It's a fan service thing. I could tell you with the NBA All-Star game, it's like something that happens for, for kids, you know? Like I don't I don't care about it. I don't watch it. I haven't since I was like twelve or thirteen years old. You know, if they want to have it, great. If they don't, it's I don't think it's I don't what is the controversy about? Why why is the British press up in arms? Is it a tradition thing? Like what's what's going on? Well, I, a, a lot of the coverage I've seen is basically along the lines of, you know, you can't have Liverpool. So basically they're talking about North versus South or, and that, that would be the, the way okay. you would divide it. So you've got the Northwest sure. of the country. So you've got Liverpool and Manchester United players playing together on the same team. Now they do that for England, um, you know, in certain cases, right? Yeah. So it, yeah. like there's precedent here. It's just a bit of fun. I don't see why everyone yeah. is is, yeah. is so up in arms. Um, frankly, there are there are far more things that irritate me about the Premier League preseason mm-hmm. tours for one thing. Um, oh, the league, yeah. the League Cup, which is you know um, you've got mm-hmm. the league, then you've got the Champions League, which is the European competition. Then sure. you've got the FA Cup, which has some some history and some prestige. Then you've got another tournament, which is just a total waste of time. So people are saying, well, we don't have time for it. We'll get rid of one of some of those games. Um, anyway, I, I just don't see what the harm is. But I think more than anything, um, you know, I'm a Brit. Here I am. I'm wearing my England shirt. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a York City fan because that's where I grew up. And unfortunately, um, that's the team that I'm saddled with for life because uh, that's how it works. So I, so I do get I do get it. I understand where they're coming from. But but the whole like this is our league. You Americans, you know, keep your hands off. You just don't understand it. Well, that ship kind of sailed probably about 20 years ago when Abramovich came in and then all the other foreign owners. And so fans basically still in their heads thinking that they kind of have a say in what their club does. I know right. they emotionally, they it's think cute. they do. It's cute. It is yeah. cute. It is cute. Yeah. But that's all it is, Hike. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, honestly, I would say to them, go and support a real yeah. team, like your actual yeah. local team, like York City. Right. You know, right, go right, and stand right. with two or three thousand people on the terraces mm. and 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 actually have a real connection mm-hmm. to the team rather than, you know, be one of millions who who support Manchester United. Okay. There are of course exceptions, you know, the people who grew up locally and, and all that sort of stuff. But my point is it's like wh- why are people so fearful of change? Mm. You know, I saw one comment from from a from a, a British pundit saying, 
you know, these Americans, they'll never get it. They're, they're not, they're never happy until they change stuff. Why do they always have to tinker? And it's like, well, yeah, but, but also if you come up with, with a good idea, what, what's, you know, there's also the resistance to change, I think can be just as, can be just as bad. If, if the answer to like, you know, a suggestion is because it's always been that way, that's a terrible, terrible answer. Yeah. We're talking about one game for a bit of fun. And, you know, we're not talking about like a closed league and getting rid of promotion relegation, you know, turning mm -hmm. it into like an American thing and having like a draft, you know, like mm -hmm. fundamentally changing it. But basically, this is just like a bit of a mid-season break. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I just think international fans would love it. I'm, mm. I, I don't support a Premier League club, so I don't have this, you know, the, this protection protectionist view of things in the way that sure. a lot of people that, are, that I've spoken to kind of seem to. Um, so I'd quite like to see all these players on the pitch more than I would, like I said, at this preseason tour, um, mm. you know, all that sort of nonsense. Um, anyway, bit of a do, bit of a tangent, you, but it was total. It was well, no, it's for sure. And actually, one of the reasons that we're talking about this is because Fosun, which is one of the owners of, uh, of a Premier League team, Wolverhampton... FC, just just call it Wolves, Wolf. Mike. Just call it Wolves. 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 Wolverhampton <laughs> Wanderers. There you go. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Repeat after me. Okay, Wolves. Just go with Wolves. That's the nickname. <laughs> Ma Man Man Manchester. Is that is that how you pronounce that? Uh, <laughs> are they Are they going to be? Do you think they're going to be sold? Because like, no, that's another. Our remaining team, but, Our remaining yeah. uh, UK uh, uh, listeners have now unsubscribed. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry so so sorry um well you know okay so <laughs> just to, just to take a step back i mean fosun is this massive corporation in china they're they have their fingers in absolutely everything I, you know just if you look at their uh wikipedia they've they've invested in retail tourism pharmaceuticals yeah. um and and you know really importantly actually uh real estate and the, you know as we know real estate uh, business in China is struggling a lot. There is rumors now, and you know, Fosun denies this that you know they're they're having trouble paying their bills. So under that uh, you know context, it's it's quite possible that we're going to have one fewer foreign-owned team in in the Premier League. Maybe I would I would put on the brakes a little bit at this stage. I mean, I think that's that's perhaps a little bit premature. Although yeah. it it's not outside the realms of possibility. So Bloomberg yeah. Bloomberg basically put out a report saying that that banks had been asked by the regulators to check their exposure to to, to Fosun, which suggests that Fosun is uh, is is in a little bit of trouble. How much we don't know. Uh, that obviously uh, affected the share price. Uh, Fosun immediately denied this. And, uh, you know, there's been Chinese media reports basically saying, oh, Bloomberg's wrong. And uh, to me, to my mind, that just means it's 100% true. <laughs> because, yeah, you know, I know, I know, I know. Like, exactly. like why, are they, why, are they, why do they care so much? Why does the Global Times care about? Well, they, any chance they can bash Western media, they will take it. So, um, you know, how bad is it? Um, is, the, is the football club, you know, I, I tweeted a few things today and I had, had a Wolves fan or two basically saying, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. We're absolutely fine. We're a self-sufficient club. And I was like, mm. yeah, well done. Um, that's not quite how it works here in China. If the owners are basically told, sell off all your overseas assets, then that's exactly what they will do. Again, yeah. no suggestion at this stage that, that, that we're anywhere close to that. But okay. we've certainly seen, you know, other people like um, Wanda would be the would be the classic example. You know, huge investments in, in football with uh, with in in Spain and uh, 
the the big um, Madrid Atletico Madrid Stadium, mm-hmm. named after you know the Metropolitano, named after Wanda. Um, you know, lots of investments there, and they had to dramatically scale back due to d- domestic troubles. So we've seen it again. We've seen it before, I should say. So there's no reason why why we couldn't see it again. Again, nothing to worry about, I think, for Wolves. And, and as I've said, and as I've written many, many times before Wolves fans try and jump down my throat, you know, Fosun were always likely to be by far the best owners, the Chinese owners that we've seen uh, in terms of European Football Club. And that has panned out. And I'm not, you know, being wise after the event. This was, you know, this was my prediction when when everyone went in with Aston Villa and, and lots of other clubs around Europe being snapped up by uh, Chinese owners, Southampton. Uh, most of them have ended badly. Fosun's still going from strength to strength. Just signed Diego Costa, who's a fantastic player. Uh, past his prime, uh, arguably, but, uh, you know, good signing for them. So, look, nothing against Wolves, but you just have to look at this situation realistically and think, you know, there's some warning signs here. Um, and, you know, let's let's join some dots. It doesn't take it. It's not a huge stretch to, uh, to to see trouble in the future. But but I was definitely stretching it a little bit <laughs> at that point. <laughs> well, well, to say, I mean, you're basically saying, you know, by the end of this season, we're we're, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have one fewer Chinese on it. Uh, it's possible. Okay. It's not like what can happen. Know, it's not like it's a live stream or anything, Mark. Um. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no one could ever, no one could ever hear this. So you could just exactly. you just edit you just edit this out, right? Uh, oh well. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's okay. So so let's let's edit there. And this is the thing. Like this is the reason that I was so scared because I edit my. You're a pro. You are. You've uh, done this for a long, long time. You're amazing at this. I edit myself like you like to an inch of my life. Like this is this is the thing that scares me a little bit. But this was fun. I really enjoyed it. And I think we should keep doing it. Um, roll and, with it. You know, roll with it. Yeah. Roll, yeah. Yeah, roll with it. Um, but we want to hear from you. Like, what, how, how did we do? Uh, I was just about to jump in and say we, we probably better end it because uh, I think YouTube's yeah. probably in danger of... of uh, of shutting down due to the, the massive streaming numbers that we've been pulling out with tweeting um, one minute before we, we went on air. Uh, but yeah. no, it's been fun. Um, yeah. yeah, let's try it again. We're definitely, um, we've been promising some guests uh, for a while and we, we we certainly will get back to that uh, next week, uh, um, if not the week after. So uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening as always. And But but again, we'd, we always love to hear from you. Tell us what you want us to talk about, what you do and don't like, and uh, we're happy to try out some new stuff. All right. Thanks, Mark. That was fun.